Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. Right, let's give Lisa a big shout. Come on. Come on. Thank you. Ha. Yeah. So we bless you for Lisa. We thank you for her, for what she has in her heart to share with us today. We thank you that it is Holy Spirit inspired and we want to drink deeply from your well of love that you have provided through Lisa today. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Oh, is Can you do it without your notes? If I take your notes? Yeah, Holy Spirit, <laughs> come. There we are. Thank you. Thank you for the great welcome. <laughs> Thanks, amigo. Generation iPad. So if you excuse me a minute while I get set up. I was flicking through the belonging booklet that's on our chairs um, that w- was put out, and it says, Apostolic people live to bring heaven to earth through encountering God and hosting his presence. They carry awareness and value for the unseen realm. Apostolic people understand that they are sent to bring transformation, make a difference, and disciple. The culture they create carries the principles of heaven, activating and empowering all of the spiritual gifts. Demonstrations of supernatural power are a normal part of life for apostolic people. What a fantastic place to found yourselves in this morning. What a fantastic family to belong to. And especially a fantastic welcome to all those people who've declared their belongingness, their desire to be part of the family that is the Bay Church. I've been part of the Bay family for two years now. Um, I've been part of extended Bay family for the last eight or nine years. So once this place gets you, it gets you. (laughs) (laughs) And there's no looking back. It's fantastic. I'm speaking about healing this morning. Um, We've been doing a series, if you've not been here over the last few weeks and months, we've been doing a series based on the book of Acts, exploring that, what it is to look into the Acts of the Apostles, what they did, their life on earth, what they established, what God established on earth through them, and what we get to pick up and run with. And it's been fantastic. Healing is the penultimate subject matter within Acts. And it's fascinating, really, because we hear a lot about healing We hear stories about healing, we read about it in the Bible, but it's a very active ministry. It's not just a story waiting to be told somewhere about so-and-so way back whenever. It's something that's ongoing. It's something that's living and active. And the reason it's living and active is because the kingdom of heaven is living and active. We sang about it this morning. We've got it in our vision book. We've got it in our belonging book. Alan spoke on Easter morning and he said, without the resurrection, there is no life. If you want to know some of the things that the resurrection did for us, look at this banner over here. And if you find yourself lacking in any area of life, when you read that banner, wholeness, that's what I want, healing. I need more of that abundant life. Just ask God, because that is what was won for us on the cross. Jesus said, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life in all abundance. Not part measures, full measures. He doesn't do lack, he does more. Abundance, overflowing. And if you think you've got enough, 
Go back and ask for some more. <laughs> God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that none shall perish, but all may dwell and live in life eternal. The minute we say yes to Jesus is the minute eternal life begins. We step into eternity as one with God. Healing and action and outworking of the Great Commission. Jesus didn't just talk about it, he commanded us, he commissioned us to walk out in healing, to demonstrate that ministry. But we live on earth and we know that we live in a massive area of tension. Truth versus reality is one of those tensions. So with healing, does God want everybody to be healed? Does God want everybody to be healed right now? Yes. Do we see it? No. <laughs> Every now and again. Yeah. If we consider truth to be what God wants, what the Bible says, what the kingdom of heaven has set before us, and reality is what we currently see at the moment in our everyday lives, truth versus reality, so if our reality doesn't match up with the truth, does that mean the truth needs to change? Or is the truth still the truth? Look at it a different way. Salvation. Does God want everybody saved? Yes. Does God want everybody saved right now? Yes. Is everybody saved? Does that change the truth? That God wants everybody saved? God is a good father. And what good, good father would want his kids to be apart from him, living apart from him. And moreover, what good father would want his kids to be sick and suffering and stuck in that place? Because what I know about God is that he's absolutely the truth. And the kingdom of heaven is a kingdom that doesn't rest easy with our current reality, especially if it doesn't measure up or match with our expectation of the kingdom of heaven. We get to live in that tension. It's not always a gift to live in that tension. <laughs> but we get to live in it anyway. One thing that I've spoke about a lot is the process. Rejoicing in the process. When <laughs> Exactly, amen. We love the process. <laughs> Don't we? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, all you who amen, watch out. <laughs> Truth versus reality. The place we find ourselves, and that's where we must learn to live and grow and be shaped. Be shaped by the truth of God. Not that our reality is incorrect, but allow yourselves to be shaped by the truth of God. And that's a challenge that's very much active in my life, so I'm not saying that I've got it nailed. And you guys should all just get shaped by the truth. No. Another tension that we have is hope versus expectation. Yeah, ooh, I heard that, and I saw it. <laughs> Hope versus expectation. It is the nature and will of God to heal. God wants everybody well all of the time, right now. Hope, a feeling of trust, expectation, a desire for something to happen. Christ in me, the hope of glory, empowers me and empowers us to seize what has been established and set before us. And if we're not seeing it right now, we have the power and authority to drag it into the now, to call it into the now. It's true. 
not always easy, but it's true. Disappointment kills hope. Yeah. We've all embraced disappointment at one point or another. We've all splashed in that pool once or twice. <laughs> Found it difficult to get out of that one. And it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to come before God, to shout at him, to take out our frustrations, to express our guilt, our grief, our shame, our disappointment, our sadness, our everything. But one of the keys to hope is how we manage our disappointment. What do we do with that? Where do we walk with that? Where do we go with that? Because if we stay trapped in disappointment, we're trapped. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be an overnight transformation, but what I'm saying is God can transform it overnight from disappointment into hope. Sometimes it's a longer process. But God is outside of time. I'm not very good at time. It's a bit too relatable for you all, isn't it? I <laughs> time is not my forte, but I showed up. Praise Jesus. God is not afraid of anything we bring to him or set before him. How do I know that? Because that's what he died to bring us. You can't see that banner. Joy, abundant life, salvation, restoration, shalom, forgiveness, healing, wholeness, deliverance, hope, friendship with God, glory, freedom, eternal life. He doesn't run away. God doesn't let go. God doesn't change his mind. He doesn't move away. He doesn't take his eye off the ball. He doesn't take his eye off us, away from us at all. Not one bit. Even when we think he should, absolutely doesn't. Christian community is a place where we can lean into each other. I've lost my hope. can't find it. Come alongside. Be part of family. Because that's what family does. They get alongside the weakest ones. They get alongside the ones who can't stand but they're crawling. They get alongside the ones who've lost their voice and they be their voice. So if you find that you're struggling to have hope for a particular situation, or your expectation level is low, or disappointment is overwhelming, find somebody who's not under that same umbrella and say, help. Say, help. Healing. Body, mind, soul, and spirit. And there are plenty of examples of that in the book of Acts. Loads, in fact. Salvation is one. See the salvation of Paul. Saul to Paul. Massive. Happened in a moment. Physical healing. The man at the gate. He waited and he waited. He couldn't move. He couldn't do anything. He waited and he waited and he waited and he waited. And then he waited. Pick up your mat. Come on, let's go. Healed in an instant. We see Dorcas and Eutychus both raised from the dead. Eutychus actually fell to sleep and died whilst Paul was talking. It's one of my favorite <laughs> stories in the Bible. I'd just like to reassure you all, if 10 minutes in, if you're slightly like falling off your pitch, God's got another answer for that. <laughs> Bring you back. Raised from the dead. And we have deliverance, a businesswoman that we see. She's very active and operational here, community. She encounters these apostles, these men of God, and she's delivered. 
she was sort of plugged into the wrong channel, if you like. She wasn't tuned into the frequency of heaven. They met with her, they saw her. The whole community was transformed. God doesn't see a line between what happens in church and the marketplace outside. Marketplace ministry isn't a title that I particularly enjoy or a tag that I like because it causes a wall to be built. Actually, we've got enough people gathering in churches where we've built enough walls around us to separate ourselves. Actually, God sees this oneness. He sees his people. So everywhere we go, we are carriers of the kingdom. We carry that kingdom. It is living. It is active. Signs and wonders shall follow those. That's what it says. Transform the culture. Don't just go with the flow. Be the flow. We're an apostolic church. <laughs> there you go. There's one we can tweet. <laughs> We're an apostolic church. We're part of the apostolic church. Being raised up by apostolic leaders, raising up apostolic leaders, part of a region that is under apostolic leadership as one. We've heard a lot about it. If you haven't heard about it, I encourage you to find out how you can hear about it. And right at the beginning of Acts, we see the first mention of this as oneness. I'm not sure if that's a word, but it should be. We say it often enough. The anointing fell. The fire of God fell. The anointing fell. And from that, we see the apostles, the men of God, go out. We see hundreds, many saved, people gathering together, healing, deliverance, all of that. But that isn't a thing that just happened then and can't happen again now. Because I'm believing for seeing that kind of revival. I'm believing for seeing that kind of power in kingdom of God, that anointing to fall again. Why wouldn't it? The anointing fell when we see healing. Healing is a function and facet of kingdom community. Healing is a function and a facet of kingdom community. What does that mean? Well, it means that if we need healing, we can come to the prayer ministry team at the front and say, my foot's broken. And they can pray. They can say, be well in the name of Jesus. We can expect that our foot will be well. That's linked to knowing our authority in Jesus. If you're on the ministry team, especially, happy days. If you're not on the ministry team, happy days. Because <laughs> you don't need a badge to minister in the kingdom of heaven if it's the kingdom to which you belong. I have to say, there are some safeguarding parameters around that. Um, <laughs> however, <laughs> yeah, bring on the catching team. Knowing our authority, <laughs> see you laugh. <laughs> Knowing our authority in Jesus, it was given to Jesus in Matthew nine verse thirty-five. He was preaching the good news of the kingdom in all the synagogues, all the public places, everywhere. wasn't restricted by walls. Preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing, healing the sick, healing the diseased. That's what Jesus did. He was given that authority from God the Father. Jesus 
then gave authority to the twelve. It's in Luke chapter 9, if you'd like to look that up. Go on, go out, heal the sick, raise the dead. Now, if you were one of the twelve at that point, you'd be like, hmm. <laughs> Lord, I've seen you do that. What do you mean it's us? You know, tag, you're it. No, you belong to this kingdom. You get to benefit from all the goodness of the kingdom. You get to benefit from all the stuff that's poured into you. You get to bless and pass that benefit on. He did the same with the 72. More of them. You get this. You've got this. Come on. Off you go. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. If you go somewhere and they don't receive you, pass through there and shake off the dust. If you go somewhere and don't see what you expect, you're not received in the way you expect to be received. Shake off the dust. Don't linger there too long. Now, I do believe that for some of us, we're stepping into a moment of encounter where we get to shake the dust from ourselves from the last season. Get to shake that dust off and see that pool stirred up once again. That God would give us fresh eyes and fresh vision to be able to see that healing pool stirred up, those healing waters rise up, to see the kingdom unveiled once again, where disappointment and other dust and dirt and blah has clouded it and shrouded it. In Matthew 28, this is our bit Jesus and the Great Commission, all authority has been given to you. All authority has been given to you. The you is us. We are part of this kingdom. All authority has been given to us. One of the keys about being sent out by Jesus and one of the patterns we see in scripture is if he sends you out, if he calls you out, if he says, go out and do this in my name, one thing that is key that he emphasizes is complete and total reliance on him, the kingdom. He will supply all our needs. He will supply everything we need. When he sent out the 72, he said, don't even take anything with you. Don't pack your sandwiches and out. <laughs> Off you go. Don't worry. All your needs will be met. Complete reliance on him. Why is that important when it comes to healing? Well, it's especially important when it comes to healing because we need to know it isn't about us. It isn't the power that I personally have. It's the power that Jesus has given to me that I take hold of, that authority that I stand in. And sometimes God requires our obedience more than he requires our faith. It's a challenge to believe for the impossible. It's easier to believe for something if you've seen it happen before. Think about our expectations we place on each other. Oh, Lisa's always late. Of course she's going to be late for example. <laughs> Don't tweet that one. <laughs> you know, of course God can grow legs. I've commanded legs to grow in Jesus' name. I actually commanded a leg to grow and it didn't. I said, well, Jesus, have your way. And the leg shrunk to match up with the shorter one. My friend Gemma was not impressed. <laughs> but she walked with a limp no more. <laughs> so praise Jesus. Now I didn't have faith for a leg that was going to shrink. But sometimes God requires our obedience more than he requires our faith. 
because he isn't dependent on my flesh and he's not dependent on your flesh. He doesn't depend on my flesh for anything to be successful. He's already succeeded. God has won the victory. We don't need to win it over again. Yes, there are battles, but ultimately the victory has been won. Our yes is more valuable sometimes than having enough faith. If you're part of a ministry team particularly, or if you're part of a rota, sometimes there can be an internal battle, especially if it's an early morning one, about getting up and going and being on time, or getting up and going at all, or turning up in the first place. Oh, but I've had such a busy day, I've had a busy week, I really fancy this lie and I really can't be bothered. I sometimes find this with the healing center. It's on a Thursday evening, 7.30, West End United Reformed Church. Come along one and all. Sometimes I've had such a busy week and such a full on day and so many people talking to me. The very last thing that I feel like doing is turning up and ministering to people. Because you see, we give them an opportunity to share their stuff. And if you're full to the brim of people talking at you, Sometimes it can be really difficult to then listen to somebody else go blah, 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 blah. But actually, when I decide to show up because I remember that it's not about how I feel, it's about doing what I said yes to, yeah. it's about oh. doing what God has called me into, oh. suddenly people can share for half an hour, five minutes, whatever, it doesn't matter because God uses my yes. He uses my obedience. Do I know what's going to happen? No. Do I know God's going to show up? Yes. So I'm going to show up and I'm going to allow my yes to be fulfilled because that's what God requires of me. So if you feel challenged about what you've given your yes to, if it isn't sitting easy, if there's something you should let go of, if there's something that you should step up to, consider that with God because he'll absolutely show you and you will be blessed. Power in presence. There's power in stepping out. Yes, that's to do with obedience, but it's also to do with us as believers believers in Jesus it's just not about it's not just about believing in him it's believing his word that the gospel is the truth and in believing that if you believe that to be true and the truth then you'd go on as a believer to step out as commissioned just to align this with a workplace for a second if that was your job description you didn't fulfill it you'd be in for a disciplinary and you'd be out is God like that no He's gracious. He gives us opportunity to stand up, to serve, to step out in him. But it begins with us as believers. We believe in him, yes. We receive your grace, God, to step out in areas where we don't think we've got enough faith for, where we don't think we can do it. But God, we know you're bigger. We know you're stronger. We know that you've got this. So if I step out in this commission, then you're with me. How do we know he's with us? Holy Spirit, wait in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Step out when he says to step out. Don't go on a one-man band crusade. It might be great for a while, but it's not advised. Again, family, community as one. Wait in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. That goes really well with the authority that we've been given. Because not only have we got permission to do it, we've got the capability to do it. We're enabled. We're empowered. And that is so important. Kingdom power. Another thing that's key is identity. Do 
do you know who you are? And I don't mean, yes, my name is Lisa, I'm 30 years old, I love Jesus, love food and love mojitos, amen. I mean, all those things are true. <laughs> what I mean is, do you know who you are? Lord, who do you say I am? Lisa, mighty warrior for the kingdom, is one strand of my identity. You can come and ask me about the rest if you'd like. Lisa, a daughter of the king. Lisa, loved by God. And that's not dependent on performance. I'm loved by God because I'm one of his kids. I don't have kids of my own, but I'm around enough parents and mums and dads and adopted parents and grandparents. And the power of love for the child before them, the child alongside them, is massive. There ain't nothing getting in the way of that love, is there? You lay one finger on my child, poof. I've seen it. You all do it. <laughs> There's power in our identity and knowing who we are. I mentioned the presence of God. One thing that I especially love that we get to see in Acts is the saturation in there of the presence of God. The apostles walk in, the atmosphere is changed. It's saturated by the presence of God. Their lifestyle is a one of being saturated by the presence of God. How do I know that? Well, Peter seemed to walk past somebody and they got healed. No laying on of hands, no touching, no magic formula of words, no alakazam, no, we must do deliverance, we must do this, we must do, no, 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 no. He walked past them. It was a shadow. Shadow. I mean, like, is there anybody that thinks that's ridiculous? Like, a, sh a shadow. A sh how powerful is a shadow? Well, it's really powerful if it stands in the way of the light. Now we'll go. <laughs> Saturation. The presence of God. Cloths and handkerchiefs were blessed and passed on. People who touched them got healed. That's weird. I came here once and got hit on the head with a monkey rag <laughs> that somebody would fetched back from... Brazil. It's the anointing crack. It was minging. I don't, I don't like minging. But I tell you what, I had a tangible encounter with the living God as I was flat out on the floor. And for that moment, my horror at being even in the same building as this monkey rag disappeared as God did something powerful. Don't dismiss what God will do. Because believe me, sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes we can get offended by the nature and will of God. How can we be offended by God? I hear you ask. Well, I don't get offended by God. It's God. That's daft. But yeah, it is, but it's also pretty real. What if what we see doesn't match up with our expectation, our understanding, our experience, or our opinion? then we can get offended by the nature of God. But what if we allow God to reawaken our hope in him? What if we allow God to reawaken our desire for healing? Yeah. I'm not saying we don't have a desire. 
I'm just saying there's a heavenly reawakening to happen. There's a heavenly shift, just like we see earthquakes happen and volcanoes spring up. There's a heavenly reawakening for our hope because we've been battered. We've been battered in our individual lives, in our corporate lives. What if God says, now this is the time for your expectation, your expectancy of the move of the kingdom of God to be stirred up right now? Because I believe it is time. And I don't say that lightly. But what if we look past our current reality just for a moment and remind ourselves and get refreshed by the truth of who God is? What he said, what he's called us to do, where we're positioned in family. I can't do it, Lord. No, but that person can, so go and stand with them because they'll support you and bring you up. They'll hold you for as long as you need to be held because that's what we commit to when we're in the family of God. That's what we commit to when we say yes to Jesus. We're no longer alone. We are part of, we belong. That's why the front of that document says belonging. It's not roaming around on your own. You belong. And part of the responsibility of family is to stand alongside each other and to get even closer in the times of hurt and disappointment. That's what God says. And that's what we get the privilege and honor of choosing to embrace. Embrace the light of the world and see the shadows disappear. Because Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And if he's the center of all that we do, we need not fear the dark shadows. And if we see one, nudge the person next to you and say, don't know what to do, we see my big shadow. And they'll grab you closer. And they'll speak the light of Jesus into you and into your situation. Healing's a big topic, and I know I've only scratched the surface, but I wanted to share a couple of testimonies for people who may need a little bit of faith-building testimony. My first experience of healing ministry was praying for somebody after they'd received Jesus into their hearts on an Alpha course. Um, I'd not really heard of healing ministry. Someone had said, Jesus heals. I was like, all right then. And because I have the gift of the gab, quote unquote, uh, this person was thrust towards me, said, at least we'll pray for you. She doesn't mind talking. I said, oh, great. So I spoke to this lady, and she burst into tears whilst telling me that her husband, who I still have not met to this very minute, um, had been in hospital for a scan, and they'd found a growth on his kidney that was about the size of a tennis ball. I don't know much about biology particularly, but the size of a tennis ball on your kidney seems to be quite disproportionate and massive and life-changing. So I prayed, and the only thing I knew to pray was, Lord Jesus, come, tumor go, life come. That, that was it. Um, I didn't see the lady for a couple of weeks, so naturally I was thinking, oh no, no. I saw her, I was like, hey, how's it going? How's your husband? Did he go in for his appointment? She burst into tears. And you know that moment you have when you think, I wished I'd never asked. What have I signed up for? Why did I even bother? Oh no. She burst into tears and after about five minutes of ugly crying, you know, the proper sobbing kind, she said, well, we went for a scan and we've got an x-ray back and we've got the scan results from an MRI. There's absolutely nothing there. It's totally fine. Come on. Come on. Now, yeah. 
I choose to share that particular testimony because firstly, I'd never met the person who was sick. I'd never laid eyes on them, never laid hands on them. Still haven't. But God is everywhere. God is all-seeing, all-knowing, ever-present. He's not limited by walls. He's not limited by prayer situations. I don't think I had faith for a tumor to be healed or anything to be healed, quite frankly. But it happened anyway. A couple of years ago, I was helping out at a, a local fair next to the church I used to go to in Corkrook. They have a fair in the park the first Saturday in August every year. And the church would have a tent, because that's what the church does. Has a tent, sells stuff, gives away sweets, gives out alpha leaflets, Bibles, just mingles with the people, offers prayer ministry. And this lady was brought in, and she was with the wrestling ring that had come in. She helped her. son was a wrestler. She wasn't a wrestler. Praise Jesus. She must. And she came in. She was hobbling. And she had wastage in her right leg. She had knee problems. She couldn't walk, and she had a arm in a sling. Excellent. All I heard ring from the tent was, where's Lisa? <laughs> She's gone home. She's not here. So I went, prayed. And the lady I was praying with... Um, she, who was my prayer partner at the time, she looked at me and she said, well, I, I have no words. I was like, oh, fantastic. <laughs> I'll get on with this one then, shall I? So we spoke to the lady and asked her name. And she says, why does my name matter? I said, well, it, it doesn't. I mean, God knows. And, you know, if you'd like to tell us your name, then that's fine. If you'd like to remain anonymous, then that's also fine. So we, I don't know her name. And she says, I have to tell you right now, this is hocus pocus. So, right, I like somebody who's honest about their intentions and where they're at. Hocus pocus. She says, but me knee doesn't half hurt. There's a few other words in there, but I've edited that. <laughs> Save the bother on the recording. <laughs> it's true. So, and she stood there, and all she talks about is her elbow in a sling. Not the fact she's like hobbling in like this. That didn't matter to her at all. It was her elbow because that was where she considered she needed the most freedom. I said, okay, would you, would you mind if, if we just spoke healing to you? She said, well, that's fine, but I don't believe it. I'm like, no, I, I got that. that. That's really quite okay. Um, but is it okay if we pray? She said, yes. So prayed for her entire body, specifically prayed for her elbow, her knee, and her leg. She it was quite funny. I tried not to laugh, but I didn't do a very good job. I have a very expressive face. <laughs> <laughs> we prayed for her, and she looked, and she went, well, I don't feel any different. Right. She had her arm in a sling. She ripped it off. <laughs> well, I don't feel any different. I'm like, <gasps> you're wrong, you're wrong. And she's like, oh, yeah. What about me leg? It seems to me, she flung out a leg, that your leg is, is totally fine. But it's still hocus pocus. I went, it's fine. Would you like a leaflet about Jesus? She said, well, I don't think I need a leaflet. I went, oh, okay, well, take it. You might want it later. You know, if not, this is where we're at. Because she wasn't from the local area. So take this with you. I said, well, the reason I don't need a leaflet is because I might as well just say yes to him. Because look what he's done. God isn't restricted by our belief system. 
helps as we go on if we line up with him, but he's not restricted by it. I have several other stories around praying for people to get pregnant, people's hips being freed and being able to go and do their Scottish dancing, headaches going, depression lifting, all that kind of thing. Um, I took the trouble of asking God this morning if there's anything he'd like to do. Because I thought, well, healing, why not? We sang about heaven coming to earth all morning. So if you don't think you agree, you've already sang it, so here you go. (laughs) So I'll just share these three or four words that I have, plus a couple that aren't healing specific, but I'll share them anyway. Um, And then, if it's okay, to invite the the ministry team up. Um, If you're on the prayer ministry team and you're available to minister, that would be grand. Um, just be mindful that some people may fall over in the spirit, so be aware to not let them clatter onto the floor. Because whilst Jesus keeps us safe, sometimes it's good to be practically minded and give him a hand. I had a word about trauma, specifically for someone in their early teens. You don't have to be in your early teens for this word to apply. You might have suffered a severe trauma that has changed the course of your life and has shaped your your thinking in your early teens, if that's you, come forward, as God has some release for you. Um, right shoulder pain, and I got the words keyhole surgery. If you have had, if you are coming up to a point of keyhole surgery, um, and it's your right shoulder, come forward. If that's you, but you've got a left shoulder in that situation, not a right one, come forward anyway. I saw a left foot that was throbbing in pain. Um, if you've got a limp, come forward for that left foot pain. I saw the numbers 4992. That could be your pin number. If it is, don't tell us. (laughs) You might well laugh. Someone got my pin number once. Nick Barnsley. (laughs) 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 No. (laughs) I don't think there was a lot to steal. (laughs) Yeah, 4992. Could be a birthday, could be the 4th of September 1992, could be an important date, could just be numbers that mean something to you. Come forward if that's you. I saw some job application papers in front of somebody. If you're poised to send off for a new job or you're in the process of looking for a new job, come forward for that. And then I saw a picture of somebody holding balloons and there's a big bluey green colored one. I say bluey green, not because God isn't specific, but because we all have different ideas of what blue is and what green is. See? If you need prayer for how you see colours, come forward. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big bluey green balloon is the one that sticks out. Um, God wants to pop that, and as he does that, it will release light and life and new growth and restoration into somebody's life. So if you identify with any of those, if your heart is pounding, you think, well, that's me, come forward. Um, If your heart is pounding and none of those things apply to you, come forward for ministry anyway. Um, I'd encourage you to bring whatever it is you have before God because the prayer ministers are just conduits for the kingdom of God. And it's not dependent on them. It's dependent on God. Yeah, amen.